Hey there, book lovers. Thanks again for tuning in to Sin's Workshop. So today we're going to be talking about The Mermaid, the Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. I have to say I really did enjoy this novel. It was something that kind of struck me by surprise. I was really drawn to it because of the way the title was structured, because it reminded me of, you know, the line, The Witch in the Wardrobe. And that's really what drew me to the story but when I started reading it I discovered that I liked it way more than I thought I was going to not that I thought I was going to dislike the novel at all I mean the premise is a very intriguing premise but it kind of did take me by surprise the evolution of the story and I love stories that do take me by surprise so this was definitely a wonderfully unique story and it was both beautifully and brilliantly written um so this novel you know published by candlewick it explores the life of an orphan um who becomes a pirate you know at a very young age and um the great thing about Florian is Florian was born a girl but takes the identity of a male on the pirate ship mainly for you know their own safety but they find comfort in this male identity I do love that representation there of being um, transgender you know I really do like that representation of how it's how it began how it's evolved and how it sort of becomes something new through Florian's progression of the story I mean Florian prefers the name Florian um they do not have a preferred pronoun um as is explained later in the book you know the Evelyn you know she's an imperial she even asked Florian, um, what do they, you know, what should they call them, you know, he, she, them, and Florian says, it doesn't matter, you know, all fit perfectly, and I thought that was a wonderful line, um, when it comes to identity, you know, finding comfort in your own skin, and how you identify yourself, I, I thought Florian's entire progression was really well developed, because, a lot of Florian's struggle is, you know, they have a lot of resentment because they're the younger of siblings, and yet they're the one that always has to look after their older brother, who also has a pretty tragic past himself. You know, nothing is said explicitly, but when they do join the pirate ship, um, it looks as though her brother was sexually abused by one of the pirates. It's not said explicitly, um, but it is alluded to quite frequently. It, it And it's alluded to in such a way that kind of makes your skin crawl when you're reading that. And I really, as much as it makes me uncomfortable, I like the writing style of it because... If you're able to convey something without being explicit and you're, you're able to 
tell a story that makes the reader feel, even if it's something cringeworthy and makes your, you know, kind of skin kind of crawl, that's good storytelling. You know, they're really small moments, very small detail, but it's there. You know, this illusion is there. And that's kind of what the story is full of, you know. It's full of a lot of emotion. Um, and it does make the reader think. It does make the reader feel. Um, and some of the wonderful moments, I mean, they just kind of make your heart sing as you're reading the story. And I really kind of, I really did love that. Um, that is something that I I took away from this novel, you know, the storytelling. Um, Maggie's sort of structure and how she's structures the story and I love how it's split up into three separate separate segments and I love how she describes the mermaids you know they're all kind of different some of them are beautiful some of them are sort of fish-like you know they are all different representations of what a mermaid should look like or could look like and I love how they are birthed from the memories of the sea you know the, the sea has so many memories that she can't contain them so she takes a memory and it's that memory that sort of forms the the mermaid and I like that allusion to you know memories having power and you know it's not just the sea that the story's alluding to you know Florian and Evelyn they both have a lot of memories themselves that well they they do influence their character and I think that says something about you know humans as well our memories affect us greatly you know they sort of define who we are going to be whether we want to fall into the trap of living in the memory or growing out of them I mean they're still there they are, they are a part of us and I like how the sea is all these memories and she can't hold on to them so instead she gives birth to a mermaid and you know the way the, the fact that the mermaids all look so different from one another it says a lot about how memory affects identity uh, and I thought that was kind of something kind of beautiful I didn't realize that at first when I first wrote the review but you know thinking back on it and I think talking about it in this sort of way, you know, it helps me see more things that I didn't initially see just by me talking about it. You know, I'm thinking about it and I'm vocalizing it more. So that's why I like recording these podcasts because I feel like they're, they do give me a different insight into the novels. I am able to see something I didn't see before that I didn't put into my written review um, and that's, that's just how it is. I mean, the story kind of moves in this really fluid way. You know, it's kind of like a stream, you know, it hits some of those rocks, but it doesn't lose its fluidity. It doesn't lose the way it tells the story. It's just sort of breathtaking, and the progression of it from the mermaid to meeting the witch, and Florian discovers, you know, she has this power inside of her that she is a witch, 
and the power of being a witch comes from storytelling because she's able to influence emotions and influence things with just the power of her words I thought that was such a powerful moment for Florian because in order for her to become a witch she sort of has to face her past she has to face her identity she has to come to terms with who she is um, and find the comfort in her own skin and I love that moment when she finally does you know when they you know finally do find the comfort in their own skin as for Evelyn, I think Evelyn also has a pretty progressive journey throughout the novel. It's not as impactful as Florian's. Um, Evelyn has is an imperial, but her mother and father sort of hate her. Um, it's not really given why. They just really don't like her. They don't think she's a proper imperial woman. She's nothing but a constant disappointment to them. So she's never had a lot of love in her family, you know, growing up, but she wants that. She, she wants love. She is nothing but kindness. You know, she's a fierce person and she makes friends um, quite easily because she is compassionate. So her journey is more about just doing what's right um, and staying true to herself she escapes in, you know, imperial imprisonment because turns out she was just supposed to be a sacrifice this whole time so that she could start a war. And she hates that. She, she kind of sees all the negative aspects of colonialism. She sees how bad colonialism is, you know, just invading these lands and then taking over and replacing their culture with her own you know she sees that it's not good you know it's not right so she strives to fight against that and she you know she instead you know she was always kind of meek I guess um docile I think docile is a better word but when she finally sees you know the ramifications and the negativeness of colonialism she takes the risk she becomes someone else and she helps take down you know the empire with you know she joins the pirates she joins the sea and it's a pretty powerful moment you know when she cuts off her hair and she dons men's clothing for her to escape and the fact that servants help her as well you know they recognize her but they don't give her away for anything they cover for her you know they give her a fake name and I think that's a really good moment because they see her you know they see how bad the empire is and they want her to win they want her to escape and she ends up fighting and I thought that was a really good journey for Evelyn because she went from being bullied from her by her family to stepping up and fighting against what's wrong. Um, and, you know, that's during the witch. When I get to the sea part, it was kind of amazing. I love the ending. I love how it was kind of bittersweet. Um, it wasn't a perfect happy ending, but it was near perfect. 
and I, I ultimately thought it was quite beautiful. And I love the these little interludes throughout the story of the sea. You know, you get to see the story from the sea's perspective in a way. You get to hear the voice of the sea, and I thought that was really great how Takuda Hall gives such a powerful voice to the sea, but when you're reading it, it sounds so soft, like it's such a soft timbre, you know, like an old woman telling a story, and you're you're hung on every word because it's so forceful, but it's told in such a soft manner. I, I mean, I don't know how else to explain it or how else to convey it. It's something that you have to read to experience. So, um, on that note, I do give it four and a half stars. I give it four and a half because there were some pacing issues for me. Um, I think the story, you know, for the most part, it does remain very fluid, but I think it just slows down a little too much and drags out some scenes just a tad too long. Um, just a smidge, you know, but it's enough that, you know, it happens throughout the story. That's why I said it's like a stream falling over rocks, you know. You can see those kind of little bumps in the pacing. They are few, um, but they are spread out throughout the story. And they do kind of impact how drawn into the story you are. So I do think um, it kind of hinders it just a little bit. Not a lot, but just a tad for me to make note of it. Um, Other than that, you know, this is a story that... It evokes a lot of emotion from the reader. It does get a reaction. And you are drawn into the development of these stories, into their journey, into their growth. And I think that's really key here. And I love the storytelling overall. Like I said, those interludes with the sea, those are they're kind of mesmerizing. You want to go back and you want to read them again and again because of how it's written and how beautiful it, it's written. It's, it's I, I mean, I really can't explain it any more than that. I really do think this is a story you have to read. I highly recommend it. Um, so please check it out from your local library if money's too tight. And if money is too tight, I mean, if money isn't too tight, um, go ahead and purchase this novel. I don't think you're going to be disappointed by it at all. I, I do think it was a wonderful story. I do think it was a beautiful story. Um, and it ultimately, in the end, it did surprise me a lot. It is unpredictable how the story unfolds um, when it goes from part one to part two to part three. And it does sort of offer the reader something emotional, you know. <clears throat> it, it offers the reader something worth reading, and I think that's very powerful, and I think that's very impactful, and I like I said, I love her writing style. I love the storytelling. I love the structure overall. And I I can't say this enough. It was it was a beautiful story. So once again, this is The Mermaid, The Witch in the Sea by Maggie Takuda Hall. Please check this book out. Um, and please support your local booksellers and support your libraries. So on that note... Have a great rest of your day. Happy reading. And if you liked this, please remember to follow me and subscribe.